navigating the digi digital landscape. landscape. Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis. Welcome to Sunday Social. I thought I'd kick the show off with something a little bit uplifting, and there's nothing, there's nothing more uplifting than a little bit of Morrissey. A little bit of Morrissey from the Smiths, the sun and air of a shyness that is criminally vulgar. Wonderful lyrics. Hey, it's going to be one cracker of a show tonight. As always, I'd love you to be part of uh, what is tonight, show number 171. Text me 3920, keyword live, that'll pop up right in front of me, and tweet me at Vaughan Davis. That'd be kind of cool. Later on, later on, I've got a treat for you. I've got a treat for you. She's here early. She's keen as a bean. She's sitting here right in the studio. Josie Campbell joins me for the first time, and she's going to be talking to us about all sorts of app and internet things, including... And you, you want this, you want this, I think, a way to find out if your partner is on Tinder. Mm. Sort of beg the question, if they're on Tinder, are they really your partner? Uh, Facebook, Facebook has come up with a way to cure your Wi-Fi woes. Where's the Wi-Fi? Facebook's going to tell you. And a wacky, wacky website for anyone, anyone with an Instagram account. First, though. Gay Lean Preston is one of New Zealand's best-known film and TV directors. Her series Hope and Wire is the definitive work about the Christchurch earthquake. And she's directed features including Ruby and Rata, Perfect Strangers and War Stories Our Mothers Never Told Us. This year, she's releasing a new feature documentary, My Year with Helen, following Helen Clark in her bid for the role of United Nations Secretary General. The film premieres at the New Zealand International Film Festival in Auckland in two weeks. Have we listen to this? Madam Clark, you are virtually a household name within the UN system. You could even be described as the establishment candidate. I have never been an establishment candidate for anything. Gaylene Preston, welcome to Sunday Social. How are you? Hello. How are you, Vaughan? I'm very well. Thank you for joining me all the way from Wellytown. Yeah. You've been working on this project for a very long time. It's about to become very public. How would you sum up your feelings right now? Keen as a bean. No, you're just cribbing me. You're just cribbing... <laughs> no, Josie Campbell is keen as a bean. <laughs> I thought keen as a bean is so great. I've never heard it. Oh, you must have heard that. No, I haven't. Oh, Lord, there you go. You can use that. You can use that. That'll be your next film, Keen as a Bean. Keen as a bean. There's a movie. Helen Clark, keen as a bean. <laughs> no, I, well, we're feeling really pleased because um, we're pretty much the fastest-selling ticket and um, in the festival, and... Uh, we sold out the Embassy Theatre in Wellington in a day. That's pretty good. I don't know how big the Embassy Theatre is, but I'm going to, for the for the sake of the argument, I'm going to assume that it's very big indeed. Well, it's 800 and something seats, and the and the Civic is 2,000 seats, so we're we're. We're going well, so, yeah. So, so clearly the idea you had to make a, a film about Helen Clark turns out to have been a good one. How did you have the idea way back when? 
wow, you know, I I just wonder what Helen was doing really for. And, you know, like, she kind of, she went away. She went away. And, I mean, sometimes people go away and then they win a race or, I don't know, you, you hear about them when they're away. And somehow Helen seemed a busy little bee and I didn't know what she was doing really. And she, she'd been away for seven years. And I got curious. I got, I got curious because the world doesn't seem to be getting any better. But Helen isn't someone who would stick around if a job wasn't wasn't working for her. And she'd worked for the UN all that time. The UN gets a bad rap. So I, I just got curious. So, so to give it some context for those who don't know, so she left from uh, from the role of prime minister here to take up a job heading or being the administrator, which means heading the United Nations Development Program, which is which is kind of the the economic development and aid agency that dishes out a heck of a lot of money around the world, right? Big job. Yeah, seven billion a year, and it's um, and and this made her the top female administrator. That she was she was number one woman at the UN and number three in the pecking order. Yeah. Now you, you, you say, funny you say you were curious to know what was going on so you thought you'd make a film. Now I on the other hand was not curious at all and, and the reason why is not because I have any less, in, less interest in Helen, it's just because I, I think I spend a bit more time on social media and so does she. She, she, she wasn't away, she was, all, she was all over my phone and laptop and, and iPad the whole time. Oh well you know what I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a book reader. Oh, I, oh, those things. I've got, I've, I've got an app for that. I've got an app for that on one of my devices, a book. No, um, so you... Hey, no, they're really good. It's a, it's a device that you can read in the bath um, and you can start backwards and go forwards. You can pick it up at any point, you know, and, and open it at any point in its story. But a book's quite a good app. Well, do you know that the thing, the thing I like about a book, and we'll get back to the movie in a minute, the thing I like about a book is it rewards you for progress. And I, and I, I tried to read that, that Luminaries thing, and please don't tell me you're making that into a movie. And the worst thing about it was you wouldn't know how far... You know, if you're reading a 900-page book and you were halfway through, you'd have that, have that nice warm feeling of, of, of a chunk of, of paper on the left, a chunk of paper on the right. You knew where you were, but an app doesn't do that. It's That's just an iPad right. is an iPad. So you decided you were going to make a film about Helen Clark at the so United Nations. I did Nations. this really old-fashioned thing. I rang her. You rang her on the phone. You, you use that landline. On a landline. I thought you were going to use the app with a little green square with a white bone on it, whatever that is. <laughs> so, so, so you rang her up. Clearly, you have her ear. You rang her up, and how did the conversation go? Um, well, I just said I'd, I was curious about the work she did. And how would she feel about me uh, bringing some cameras and having a look and making a documentary about that? And she sort of said, "Oh, well, yeah." Yep. And I'd, I thought, well, I'll now write her a big long email and talk about creative control and exactly what was involved, which I then did. Heard nothing back, waited anxiously for a couple of weeks, sent her a Facebook message and said, did you get my email? And I got, um, I got a message back that said, got it, and an emoji of... Um, a woman on a bike, and uh, I thought that meant she was considering it, but it actually meant yes. Every, everyone knows, Gaylene, that a, an emoji of a woman on a bike means yes. 
Well, I've got to say, I don't know what that means. But you, you, raise, you raise a really interesting point, and um, that, 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 that has been my experience too. So um, Helen and I met... Uh, oh, a few years ago uh, when she gave a talk at an event called TEDx Auckland and our sort of path towards uh, her agreeing to speak went much the same way. Email, email, nothing much happened. Facebook message, bang, and she answers with an emoji, which, which we, you know, you, you assume are the, the, sort of the, the domain of teenage girls, but it's actually the, the, the pre- preferred method of communication of the, uh, the, at, the, at the time administrator of the UNDP. Well, it's actually quite handy, isn't it? Because... You know, it's just, uh, it's very direct, actually. Well, it's direct and subtle, because if you, you know, call her a week later saying, hey, I thought we were making a movie, she said, I never said such a thing. I said, woman on a bike. I said, woman on a bike, yeah. Well, look, I'll tell you what, through making this film, I've become much more aware of how seriously useful social media is. Um, and you know, I, I always, I always had a website. I always had a Facebook page, um, and that was me. And I still don't Twitter, um, tweet. But certainly, I must say, using our website that was built for us, uh, that you had a bit to do with, Vaughan, like using that website, we were able to raise quite a lot of money. We didn't do, we didn't do. Um, crowdfunding we did a sort of an interesting thing in between a, a direct a direct appeal to fans and supporters i want to talk about that a little bit more probably after after our wee ad break that i've got coming up speaking of raising money but right. uh, when you when you approached helen to say hey let's make a movie had she at that point decided she was going to run for united nations secretary general because that is the main narrative of of the film well it is you see but i didn't know about that I, uh, and um, she did, I said to her, at quite an early stage, I said, now, look, you know, we're going to have to be filming your meetings to make this work. We are in behind the scenes and we need to really be behind the scenes. And how far behind the scenes can we get? And she said something about, oh, well, you wouldn't be able to film uh, when I'm with ESG. And I thought that meant when she was having a meeting with the Secretary-General. But in retrospect, I realised that she assumed I knew about the fact that the Secretary-General job was coming up and that she might very well make a run for it. But um, I didn't know that. And, and, and it ended up being being absolutely the, the main narrative thread through the film. Talking to Gaylene Preston, director of uh, about-to-be-released movie, My Year with Helen. Back soon. The Internet Explained. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis on Radio Live. Hey, welcome back to Sunday Social. And on the line from Wellington, director Gaylene Preston. Gaylene, welcome back. Hello, Vaughan. So your film is called My Year with Helen. I'm going to ask you two things about that. Firstly, let's talk about the year side of it. It's a big project. What went into it? What went into it? Well, it's, it's, it's two years. It took two years to make, to make one year with Helen. She, she packs a lot in, but apart from that, that's what it takes, you know, because by the time... You, you spend quite a lot of time when you're a filmmaker raising the money... And then uh, post-production, we started editing it. We pre-edited as we went along so that we could track where the story was leading us. Um, but we, so we'd go, we'd go away to New York, 
shoot for two weeks, have a week of pre, um, come back. So, so, so for, for, those, for those people unlucky enough not to be in the film and TV industry, what's a week of pre? A week of pre-production, you know, where you try to find out in this case uh, what the hell is going on and who might actually be prepared to talk to you on camera about what is going on if they are indeed the right person to ask. And then, and then you have a, a, a couple of weeks for shooting and then we'd scurry back to NZ to our cutting room in, in uh, Freeman's Bay and um, organise the footage, have a good look at what we've got, do a pre-edit, by that I mean cut you know, 50 hours down to five, and then scurry back. And, and during that time, we'd be we'd be researching further and then head off again. So a lot of the film was shot in New York, but you, you got to some other pretty exotic locations too, you know, given given Helen's role is mainly in the developing world, right? Oh, yeah. We started off in Botswana, and that was a case of going over there just to see if there was a film in it. If, I mean, I knew there would be a film in it, but could we get to it? You know, you've got to have access. Access is the most important thing when you're making a documentary. And while Helen was, well, she was really generous, she's, she's most of the time in places that have high security and she's also with people who don't necessarily want to be filmed. So we were interested in going to Botswana to find out how that might work and then we came back and used that, that material to cut a sizzle reel, a sizzle reel, which is like a promo reel. So, so it's, a, it's a little preview of a movie that doesn't yet exist. It's a, it's a trailer. So, you know, you'd think a trailer would be made afterwards, hence the word trailer. This is whatever the word would be for in front of. So you, you're sort of making it up. They're, they're quite interesting, <coughs> quite hard. So you went to Botswana, you went to New York, but the, the, the film... The we went to Madrid. Madrid, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're show, um, now you're showing London, off. London, yeah, lots the, of places, yeah. The, the scene in the movie that, that stuck with me, and it clearly struck a chord with with uh, the distributor who you know cut the the promo that you can see on YouTube that we played a, a, a bit of at the beginning, the scene that stuck with me was was in a, a little bit more down to earth location. It was in, in the garage of a house at Waihee Beach. <laughs> That's right, with Helen's father. Helen's father was at that stage ninety four. He's now ninety five, and he he is very much uh, a, a man of his generation, and so you know. He really reminded me of my dad, um, who, who has passed. But anyway, George Clark is a great man, and he's, he grows a fantastic garden, and um, he was a great leader of the Federated Farmers in his day, and he is very proud of his daughter. And she, her job, he has four, he has four daughters, and they all phone him every day, and Helen's job is to make 90 meals for him, which go into the freezer so that he's got... There's four recipes he really likes. So he's got chilli con carne, beef and beer stew, and when he's describing these meals, he's, he, you can see that he really likes them. <laughs> 
and, and and so without without sort of uh, spoiling spoiling the surprise, Helen basically every time she's back uh, fills the freezer with margarine tubs of of these pre, you know meals that she's pre cooked. Yeah, which is which is which is quite a lovely touch because that's her job. Everyone's you know, got a job. The, the other daughters have got other jobs. So let, let's talk about the job that she so was that, so going that's for. Fair, isn't it, Fawn? It, that's is, fair. it is fair. A job, a job for everyone, and everyone for a job. Um, let's talk about the job she was going for in New York, though, Secretary General, and that the skinny end of that process, the drama, the tension that that led up to that ultimate decision. Which you know, anyone listening, it's no spoiler to know that she didn't get the job. She didn't get the job, but how she didn't get the job is utterly fascinating. It's it's totally secret. It's mysterious, um, but you sure as hell can see how the, you can you you go right to the door of the old boys club, and but you don't you get see to walk through how, it. No, and 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 it, nobody does really, and that's the rub really. That at the United Nations, when it comes down to it, however. All year, everything that happened, they'd say, this is historic, this is historic, this has never happened before. We're doing a really transparent process. And and everybody got really excited, and especially the civil society groups who, who around the world were pushing for a woman to have the job. And they didn't really care what woman, they just wanted our woman. And we knew that our candidate very capable. I mean, Helen strides around there and you can just about see the metaphorical screwdriver in her top pocket. She she, she knew how to fix the United Nations so that the systems worked. And I think that's the last thing they were like that the five powerful countries that have got a veto were likely to vote for. So that's, that's the Security Council's uh, United States, Russia, China, France and the UK, right? Yeah. So they, they have that veto. And you talk about transparency, but again, going back, going back to the movie, it reminded me of reminded me of the Super 15 where you'd be looking at a league table. So we had the transparency of seeing this voting table, but not what was behind it. And you'd be looking at the league table and saying, well, she's got a mathematical chance. And, it, you know, it, it felt like the Crusaders or something, you know, maybe, or the Blues. Maybe, maybe they'll get there if, you know, three other teams lose and, you know, That's got, right. someone has so a heart attack. And, and you see these three tribes... There's three tribes. It's kind of like an ethnographic film, really, with a race in it. Because there's three tribes. They've all got very different aims. They're not necessarily wanting to talk to one another. Um, So there's the diplomats and the politicians. They don't want to have a bar of the press who are kept in, in weird enclosures. To try and find out anything is pretty hard. But, um... All of the press have got their sources, so they're very good at getting leaks really quickly. And um, and then in the middle of all this, you've got the civil society groups who want a woman racing around trying to get anybody's ear. And it's just it's just very interesting. It's, it's actually very revealing because I think it's how a lot of political systems work, really. Like, really, there's probably only five people who decide, and they're probably are pretty much men in suits. So the outcome was finally delivered. What what was your first feeling? Oh, bloody hell, she didn't get it. Or, oh, bloody hell, my movie's ruined. No, 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 I was really relieved. 
no. Tom, it, relieved. I tell, was. tell me about that. Well, well, I kind of felt it was coming and we were running out of money. <laughs> if, she'd, if it had carried on and if she'd got it, we would have had to fundraise some more money because it would have gone on for a lot longer, the process. And actually, the film has a lot more to say given that she didn't get it because it's possible, because you're really looking at the processes quite critically. So, so your, ne your next tense experience, other than seeing what the outcome was going to be, I'm guessing your next tense experience was uh, when Helen saw the film. Uh, I would have been, well, I would have been tense. I would have been, there would have been, you know, little trail of Lego blocks behind me coming out my trouser leg. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that tense. No, and I wasn't feeling that tense because, you know, I had creative control. So. Uh, Helen was looking at it. I was interested to see what she thought, but it wasn't the, the future of the film didn't rest with that with what Helen thought of the film. So my my most tense moment was when we screened it for the first time in Sydney, which was um, about a, about three or four weeks ago, because I'd only really just finished it, and really. The, the finished film had been seen by about three real people. Otherwise, it was all just industry folk. And there we were in the state cinema in Sydney, which is a big cinema with about 1,700 people in it, uh, screening this film. And that was pretty tense, yeah. And? Fortunately, they liked it. And fortunately, so did Helen. <laughs> Look at that. Um, I well, the early the early cut I saw I liked. I'm looking forward to seeing its Auckland premiere in two weeks or so. Uh, Gaylene Preston, thank you so much for joining me tonight to talk about my year with Helen. Thanks, Vaughan. See you there. Look forward to it. Hey, after the break, Josie Campbell, keen. Keen, and we have already determined how keen she is. She's keen as a bean to talk about the apps, internet news, and websites of the week. Back soon. Vaughan Davis, hashtag Sunday Social Radio Live. Hashtag Keen has been. Josie Campbell, welcome to the show. Kia ora. How are you? Pretty great. I'm yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a, a big character judgment on you because you're an artsy person. I'm gonna say you didn't go to the rugby last night. You know, I used to work in sports PR before I worked in, in arts and entertainment. Just but answer I didn't. the question, no, you didn't. I didn't, I went to a birthday. You um, went to a birthday. I went to a birthday. How oh, lovely. Yeah. I, I, I also didn't go to the uh, to the rugby. Yeah, I'm Would not great at buying tickets a long way in advance, am I? Well, I wanted to. I, I, had I been asked, I would have. Two weeks ago, mm. um, ASB was kind enough to, to have me along, which was lovely. And then my plan last night, I was going to sit down, sit down with Mr. 18 mm. and watch it on the Sky, because for various reasons he's got a, a Sky Go account, which means that he can throw stuff from his laptop or his device mm. to, the, to the TV, right? And at about five minutes before game time, he announced that he was going to be watching it remotely online with a bunch of his friends, which meant from his room while they were all Skyping each other. Oh, good on you. Wow, social. Yeah, but the downside is, of course, <laughs> that means I can't watch it. No. And he says, oh, don't worry, you can get a, you can get a, a Sky fan pass. They don't cost much. I went, okay. Tappity, 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 tappity. Guess how much? 
uh, what $50 would you pay? What would you pay? for a one-off? Is like, it for a one-off? Well, they, they don't sell a one-off. They sell a, they sell a, a month minimum. Oh. $99. What? $99. I love the rugger, but I... Well, I don't really. I like the rugger, but I don't like it $99 like. I, I'm, a, I'm a social rugby watcher. Me too. So, I, you know, I spent lots of money on Rugby World Cup when it was here. Yep. But I'm more likely to go if someone's like, oh, do you want to go to the rugby? Yeah. Um, I, I tend to be the person that organises tickets to gigs and comedy and things like that. But Yeah, but yeah. not $99, no. And not, anyway. not to not even go to... That was, that's more than the cheap seats for the game. And it was a draw anyway. Yes. It was, it was a draw. But uh, a lot of people will be a lot of people will be, uh, will be feeling a bit down. A little a flat. Bit down, a little flat. Yeah, flat's right, because they're neither up nor down. Mm. They're flat, like, mm. like, like a Cantabrian, that kind of flat. <laughs> well, less flat than it used to be, I suppose. Um, but you've got a, an Instagram-related way to ease that flatness, haven't you? Well, you know, I love Instagram. I am a, uh, I'm a three major social media platform user, so I like the old Instagram, the old Twitter and the old Facebook. But I love Instagram for distraction and feeling good because, you know, Facebook is all these days, every time I go in, it's, it's like someone p- boosted a post like you boosted and weird and things that aren't and, and, even... I'm like, it's, it's Saturday morning. Why are you trying to get me to work? And Twitter stresses me out with, you know, oh, my goodness, um, Donald Trump's daughter is trying to go to the important or, things. Or, or Vaughan's flying a silly aeroplane again. Well, look, that's fine. Is it? Okay. On, a, on a Saturday or Sunday morning, Is that absolutely. okay? Is that okay? But, you know, I get... I get so you go to Instagram. You go so, to Instagram and so, make it all so okay. So if I've had a stressful day... At work or if I just want something fun, I go and have a look at Instagram and I've got a few animal accounts I just really, really love because they they are distracting, they're furry, they're fluffy, they're... Feathery? Are some of them some, feathery? Some of them are feathery. Okay, I, tell me about your animal, your Instagram So I've got a few accounts, accounts that I'll highly recommend. Hit me and I'm going to put these on the blog tomorrow, TLDL, too long, didn't listen, uh, radiolive.co.nz <laughs> under shows and Sunday social, but hit me with your animal Instagram. Well, it's not quite as good as the Twitter account, but there is a We Rate Dogs I love Instagram. We, we Rate Dogs. So it's, it's less, it, there's fewer, but also it means that you don't end up having your feed you know, with all the millions and millions of responses. So you just follow at We Rate Dogs yes. on Instagram yes, and yes, suddenly yes, yes. there's lots of cute dogs. And one of my new favourite um, distractions that was, well, is on Facebook, but I've just looked it up today and found that it's on Instagram, is iPanda. Now... Like iPanda, like iPhone, iPad... Like the, actually the, um, videos of baby pandas. <sighs> They're great, especially when um, they have... Well, they're great when you can't eat a whole one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, they're kind of only black and white, and that's not very interesting. But, look, baby pandas are the funniest things to watch on the internet. They they constantly have what they call their nannies, who are trying to stop them doing things, and it's kind of like watching some... So it's iPanda, letter iPanda, and round it out, what's your third one? Well, I think... If I had to pick one, it would be Juniper Fox, which is a fox that I follow on Instagram. What, an actual an fox? An actual fox. How does that work? It's, well, it's... They don't have opposable thumbs. How can they hold the phone? Juni, Juniper Fox is a rescued fox, and the, I wouldn't say owner, but the person who has who adopted Juniper and a range of strange other animals um, 
puts pictures and videos of the animals interacting on Instagram, and it's and it's his fault. It's very funny. I wonder because people with dogs they call them fur babies, don't they? Yeah. And I wonder if, if dogs call their people flesh daddies. Maybe. Maybe skin Maybe. daddies, skin mummy. Oh. You're my skin mummy. That sounds wrong. But well, we call them fur babies. Who knows what? Who knows what they call us? So the, the, hit me with those those three accounts so again. We rate dogs. We rate dogs. I Panda Channel and Juniper Fox, which F- is Fox with a second X on the end. Fantastic. Um, and and right right next to this on the on the file of news you need to know is mm. are you scared of the dark? No. A little bit. A little bit. I can see it in your face. I was thinking about this because I like if I stay in a motel room and there's a light somewhere in the room, I have to turn it off. Really? Yeah. Oh, quite, quite often there's a little smoke alarm on the roof that just goes on. Mm, that's annoying. Or, you know, when they give you an annoying um, alarm thingy, which Oh, terrible. But then why would you want this next thing? This is a Kickstarter-funded nightlight. Tell me about it. Well, look, Kickstarter has all kinds of things that you may or may not need, that may or may not make your life better. And this is a new project, um, and it's a Bluetooth nightlight. It has been funded... Um, which, which, got, which means they're across the line, and if you want to buy one, you can buy yes, one. Which yes, is great. yes, and there's a new, uh, there's a new one that's even fancier, and basically it connects your Wi-Fi, and um, <laughs> this is the interesting thing. It includes IFTTT support, um, so all kinds of things can be basically automated. Which to is your the little, little, little simple, simple programming platform. So you yes. can tell this nightlight while you're meant to be asleep to illuminate if certain things happen, yes. such as? if then, then that. So if I get a tweet from Vaughan, that would illuminate. Not going to happen. Well, th- this is the thing. I turned off, off all my social media alerts about seven or eight years ago. I'd rather just go and, and go check. And check for yourself. And so I was like, what? This is terrible. Why would you want, you know, your nightlight to tell you that you had an email? Or, this is or awful. Or if you got an email from your mother. Well, this the is the thing, and that's where the if this, then that happens, because it's a bit like how I've recently discovered I can make my life better by um, turning that thing on on my phone where it doesn't ring or text things don't come through between 10 p.m. and 7 a.m. Night shift. Night shift. Night oh, shift. It's called on Apple, yeah. But I have put two people whose calls I always need to get because it's relevant for my job um, on favourites, so that means that theirs will always... Come through. So you could take it to the next level. You could you could drop sixteen dollars US on this mm-hmm. this uh, Ayumi. I don't even know how you say it. A U M I little um, Wi Fi powered nightlight. Oh, well. Look, the the reason you... this would be good is sometimes on weekends I go for a walk with my friend Monica and her dog Hank. Great little dog, very Instagrammable. And if it's raining, I could tell it to not wake me up. Look at that. Magic. Have you ever actually bought anything on Kickstarter? I've supported things rather than bought things. Well, you normally buy things, don't you? Well... On Kickstarter? I, I, uh, I remember I'm more of a support... Artsy things. Yeah, I, artsy I, I'm more things. support friends' projects. You, you I remember support. I supported Boy going to America. That's right. We're talking about Titi. Did he yeah, send you a hand I, I eventually, eventually got the signed poster and, and stuff. He didn't like that. He didn't like that. It all got, got a bit hard. Well, he, he regretted it. it. He probably got too many people wanting to talk to him. I, I bought three things on Kickstarter. Two of them went really well. One went terribly. The first one was the graphic standards manual, which is like the design rule book. Mm-hmm. You bored? Uh, um, you bored yet? Yeah. For NASA. <laughs> 
for NASA, uh, the, the classic squiggly red logo from the 1970s and 80s. Uh, and then following in the same theme, I bought a reprint and, you know, right bound and everything of the Apollo 11 flight manual, which is a really detailed, geeky, technical thing. Beautiful. If you saw the film Hidden Figures, mm. all the calculations in that film went into I'm that flight manual. i a theme. Yep. Uh, mm, the third one is kind of on theme too. This is where it went terribly wrong. I ordered a drone, this drone called a Lily drone, which it's cool thing was it would follow you around and, and video you as if you had a friend with a camera mm-hmm. and it sounded cool and it showed you know the movie showed people um, snowboarding which I can't do running which I don't want to do uh, kayaking which I've never done mm. and the drone follows them along uh, but the company went bust <coughs> uh. and they've got my money which 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 kind of breaks my heart but two out of three two out of three ain't bad not really not really mm. you know it could have been they could have all been bad I suppose. They could have all been bad, but to, <laughs> honestly, the, the, the Apollo 11 flight manual, I just sit there and finger it because it's, it's, it's bound like the real thing, an old-fashioned ring binder with little bits of mechanic, metal hardware and stuff for holding the, play, the, the pages in place. That's pretty cool. It's really kind of neat. Hey, really quickly before the break, um, mm. Tinder, I'm not going to make this a personal story. We're going to talk in the abstract, in the abstract oh, I don't about mind. Tinder. I, I, I won't go on Tinder because I feel like I know everyone in Auckland, That's so I can talk thing. about other people. That, oh, boy, I've, I've had experiences. People I've known have gone, in, gone on there you know, soon after a breakup and, and found their ex-husband. Claiming yeah. to be 10 years younger than he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's awkward. It's <laughs> kind of funny. Um, but this site... This, this, this you is could, hilarious. You kind of wonder, you kind of wonder, hmm, Josie, I wonder if Josie's on Tinder. I'm not on Tinder. I don't want to go on Tinder, but I, I wonder if Josie's on Tinder. If only there were a website that would tell me if Josie were on Tinder. Turns out there is. Yeah, and it's only $5. Well, US. $5 US, yes, yeah, $7. Yeah, so. so it's called Swipebuster, swipebuster.se. Write this down, people, swipebuster.se. You go on there, you put in the details of the person you are, let's face it, stalking or checking up on if they're your life partner. Trust is so good. Trust. There's an app, there's an app for trust and it's called Swipebuster. And it will serve you up the publicly available details from their Tinder account. Which is great. I was saying that it says you put in the name, age, gender and location, so you've got to hope they're not lying about their age. Yeah, true. You take you knock 10 years off. Knock 10 <laughs> years off for a start, mm. I think. But and, interesting, because do you want to know? Do you, well, I suppose that you do. If you, want to, if you spend the six bucks, you do want to know. You do want to know, but you're, just gonna, you're not going to find out good news, are you? I think the other thing you could just do that would be cheaper is get your friends on Tinder to keep an eye out and tell them that you want to know. True. I have seen on Twitter people going, so just found out my found my friend's husband on Tinder, let her know a bit later. He says he doesn't know how it got on his phone. Well, it, uh, do you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of, reminds me of this, remember when um, the American uh, adultery site, not really a dating site, an adultery site called Ashley Madison <laughs> got yes. hacked, remember that? And and and, and there was a, there was a, a person with the the account name of Duncan Garner was on there. That was just the name of the account. I'm not saying it's the same person. And and uh, the the truth is, I'm told that it was someone else that opened an account in his name. So if you do mm. use SwipeBuster.se, just always bear in the back of your mind it might be someone catfishing your beloved. Soon after the break, we'll tell you exactly what catfishing is. Back soon. Connecting you to the future of the internet. internet. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis. Don't worry. Be happy. 
To Sunday social, I'm Vaughan. Uh, Vaughan just sitting here, Davis, with uh, Josie Keenazabine Campbell. Welcome back. Thanks. It's you, good to be here. You, 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 you're going to be stuck with that, Keenazabine. It's it's new. It's great. Is it new? I can't believe that. Uh, am I the only person who says Keenazabine? Well, it, it's it's new for me to be called that as my oh, sort of you know boxing name or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least you'd heard of it. Gaylene Preston had. Oh. Gaylene, if you're still listening, goodness me, goodness me, you meant to have your finger on the pulse. Um, speaking of finger on the pulse, catfishing, catfishing. Mm. So we talked we talked about um, how you know you might find your significant other on Tinder or a dating site, but it might not be them. Someone might be catfishing them. And what is that? Well. Tell me if I've got this wrong, but it's basically someone setting up a life that looks like yours to yeah. trick people into thinking it's you, right? Yeah. So if I wanted to make all the sorts of friends that Josie Campbell might make, I would get a photo of you. That, you know, photos of all of us are widely available these days. You'd probably get my main Facebook photo. Probably. Then it'd confuse a- people. A- and and just get some simple details, make an account, and, and be you online. Mm. Wow, catfished. Hey, Instagram, we talked about this, um, the, the animals on Instagram. Here is something I found on Instagram, or to do with Instagram, that I think is just the most wonderful thing ever. Have a listen to this. I told you. It's nothing. You're lying. What are these? They're photographs. Who took them? The most wonderful, amazing, delightful person in the whole wide world. Are you cheating on me? No. God. Wow, there's an, inf- there's an infidelity theme running through the show tonight, mm. Josie. What's that all about? I so don't know. What you, were just li- what you were just listening to, and boy, oh boy, pregnant pauses, um, they, they sound ten times as longer on the radio than they do on video. What that was was from an amazing website that someone recommended to me. It's an artwork. It's a digital artwork called Weirdbox, weirdbox.com. TV and it's made by a guy I want to find out a lot more about this guy called Noah Levinson and you can hear him in the in the little movie clip there that's that's he 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 plays the lead role along with a, an actress and what it is it's a site that invites you to enter your Instagram handle and it then goes and t- takes about 10 seconds it has a bit of a sniff around your Instagram account and pops out this movie this movie that we were just listening to about this man and this woman, and the man has this box, this weird box, full of your Instagram photos, mm. all printed out, and he's basically obsessed with you. And he takes the photos out, and he sh- and the, and the the female partners, you know, demanding why he's got them. He he says how great they are. He puts them on the table. He puts them on a t-shirt. He puts them on on the fridge. It's weird, cool, creepy, awesome. It's really not that much creepier than all those Facebook quizzes and things. It's oh. just, it's artier and more beautiful, that's yeah. all. But I, you know, all oh, those, those things one, where people, you think, oh, have you actually given some weird person in some weird part of the world access to all your data by putting in some fun quiz to say what, you know, 
what cartoon character you exactly, are. Or yeah, what, what, what's, what Star Wars character are yeah. you? But th- this is a little but, bit more benign. All you're doing is saying this is th- this is the way to my publicly viewable Instagram account, and then it grabs. I all feel the photos. much safer about things like that when you just have to give the address, no login details, and no connections. Yeah, I, I never do that. I, I never do those. You know, um, mm. I've, all, all those all those ones that are sort of fueled by vanity. You know, I, I did. You know, ninety percent of people get this quiz wrong. You know, and, and you've got to log in to do the quiz. There's got to be a reason, eh? There's got to be a reason. There really does. But if you're going to do that, if you're going to log in, you're going to do the quizzes, you're going to upload your Instagram photos, what you're going to need is some bandwidth. And bandwidth mm. doesn't come cheap. And, you know, especially if you're on a kind of a pre-prepay mobile deal, it can be pretty expensive. So Wi-Fi is the answer. Are you, you, you've got an iPhone over there, haven't I you? I have indeed. So this is not good news for you. But this is good news for all those people listening who have an Android phone, which is most people, we often forget. In look, New Zealand too? Yeah, yeah totally. I mm. have. I, look, I have one here. Yeah. Ah, you didn't know yeah. that about me, did you? Huawei P10. Um, oh, free, huh? Yeah. Um, so, otherwise, I wouldn't have mentioned the brand name. Uh, so anyway, here's the point. The Android version of the Facebook app, as of today, I think, it popped up on my screen, but it's worldwide. As of today, the Android version of the Facebook app will find you free Wi-Fi. So Android's really making, like, trying to do some good things for its peeps. Yeah, totally. Well, the, the, the cool. Android dev team at Facebook mm. are clearly trying to yeah. do some good things. So the, within Facebook, in the main, you know, you'll have to Google how to do this or go to the TLDL blog tomorrow. Um, there's a little tab and it says find Wi-Fi. And based on where you are, it'll find free Wi-Fi around you. And I, I had a look this afternoon. There's like 15 recommendations, which is really cool. Mm. Which, but you know the other thing? which is kind of insidious and interesting, is it puts, I think I think this is the case, I haven't really thought this through, it puts Facebook in direct competition with the telcos because if I'm getting free Wi-Fi at any one of a number of people, I don't need so much of your data, mm. Spark, Vodafone, two degrees, do I? I think my first smartphone had a f- just automatic find Wi-Fi. Oh, the, wi- the the Wi-Fis will pop up, but they won't necessarily be free. But there was an yeah, there was an a- there was an app on it. Oh yeah, there are. There but are. it used to drain lots of battery. They've probably got better at that now. Yeah, there are, there are lots of apps, and we've spoken about a few of them mm. before. There are lots of apps for finding free Wi-Fi. There are apps for that'll give away the passwords for airport lounge Wi-Fi. Ooh, so you just really? go sit outside the Curry Lounge. <laughs> it's it's usually Dunedin. Uh, in fact, in fact, I think New Zealand's got away with the password requirements. So I don't know how that works, but. The power of this, and it's yet another example of Facebook picking up what everyone thought was an app, but just making it into a feature. Mm. The power of this is Facebook has how many users as of this week? Two billion, has two billion users. And because this is sort of crowdsourced, uh, it's going to blow all those other apps out of the water. So if if your retirement plan was to create a free Wi-Fi app, forget about it, Zuck's onto it. It just makes it more seamless because you're in there. Yeah. You're not having to go somewhere else you to need, find it. You need never leave the book of face. Hey, we've got time for one more, and I love Ooh. this. I'm going to tell you a story. Um, I was giving a talk, uh, and, and I sort of give, give talks for a living, and the guy before me was starting his talk, and as he was giving the talk, up popped this alert on his laptop, which meant on the projector, and it was a, a note to himself, and it said, give talk to XYZ conference, fee $2,000. <sighs> and it was an alert. And everyone in the room saw it. Oh, if only there was an app to get rid of that stuff. You know, we all have embarrassing alerts, right? 
that's pretty bad. Well, not as, not as bad as another friend of mine who also speaks at a few conferences, a woman, and her name's in the notes, we're not going to say it out loud, okay. who received a private message from her then-husband of his private parts. <gasps> and that, too, appeared on her screen That's while limiting. she was yep. presenting. Oh, she got away with it. No longer married. Um, <laughs> my point is, what if there were an app that would automatically prevent that stuff from happening? Because, you know, you you can go through and shut off your alerts and turn off your Wi-Fi and be really mm. disciplined, but who is? Well, there is an app. It's called muzzleapp.com. It's a clever name, isn't it? Mm. It's for Mac only. When you are screen sharing or projecting, if you have muzzleapp.com turned on, no more embarrassing That's private genius. parts. Hey, Josie, thank you so much for joining me for the first and I hope not the last time on Sunday Social. It's been a blast. Yes. Thank you to my first half guest, Gaylene Preston, technical producer, Braden Leggett, and please stay tuned for Graham Hill and the Weekend Variety Wireless. I'm Vaughan Davis, 99.